Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and welcome back. You know, the holidays are really nice, but it's also really nice to get back into the swing of things, and I really missed you guys, so thank you so much for being here. And those of you that are new, I'm Audra, and I'm your host of the Women in the Arena podcast, and this is literally a celebration, and we are celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight, and we've made it to season two. That is super exciting, and we have so many incredible women that I cannot wait to introduce you to. So if you're ready, I am really ready. So let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me today. And welcome to 2021. I am so excited to be here with you in this new, fresh year. And to help start us off in this year, I have just an amazing woman with me today. And she has quite the biography. And just let me give you the highlights of her amazing life experience. So first of all, she is a journalist, and she's been a journalist for almost 30 years. Uh, During the time of her being a journalist and doing a story, when she was about 28, she was doing a story on this at-risk youth program called Kid Gloves, and that's where she was introduced to boxing. So In the late 1990s, she started boxing and made a dual career of both being a boxer and a journalist. She is a two-time Golden Gloves winner, and she was named the California Female Fighter of the Year in the year 2000. And she is one of only a few handful of female boxers that started at the same time she did. I am so excited to welcome to the show, Alicia Doyle. Alicia, thank you so much for being here today and welcome to the show. Hi, Audra. Happy 2021. And thank you for this incredible opportunity to be on your show, um, especially during these incredibly challenging times. Uh, I appreciate you for your uplifting podcast and for empowering people everywhere with what you're doing in your endeavors. Well, thank you for saying that. I am very happy that you are here. And we have a really interesting topic to speak about today. But before we start, will you tell us a little bit more about yourself so we can get to know you a little bit better? Sure. Um, My name is Alicia Doyle. And uh, like you mentioned, I have been a journalist for about three decades. My latest endeavor is authoring my memoir called Fighting Chance. And Fighting Chance is a based on a true story about my boxing career in the late 1990s when only a few hundred women were competing in this male-dominated sport. 
Um, and I must say, uh, before we proceed, that um, I didn't like boxing before I got involved. I used to view boxing as the dark side um, until I discovered the incredible beauty behind this sport and how it can change somebody from the inside out. So I went on assignment at this boxing gym for at-risk youth, um, very reluctantly went on this assignment. But what I discovered was this incredible sport with these incredible coaches and mentors that literally changed the lives of of many at-risk youth that they were serving. So that made me delve in deeper and wanted to discover more about what it was about this sport that I viewed as incredibly violent, how it could transform a person from the inside out. that is amazing that it and you know admittedly i will say that i've always viewed boxing as something very violent and something completely uncomfortable to watch mm-hmm. but through getting to know you I, i'm seeing it from a different point of view and it is that that we want to talk about today which is fresh starts and new opportunities and and taking chances and if ever there was a time for fresh starts, um, new opportunities and taking chances, this is now. That is, this is definitely it. So, mm-hmm. Alicia, tell us how, how boxing became transformative and a fresh start for you. Well, I do believe that boxing came into my life serendipitously. Um, I found boxing, or rather that boxing found me. Um, I did not expect to get involved. I certainly didn't expect to compete. Um, And um, but the more I delved into this sport, the more I discovered that it wasn't about violence at all. It was about self-control and overcoming your fears and making the body so incredibly strong that it literally transfuses into the spiritual being, making the spiritual side stronger And um, it was a hard thing for me to wrap my mind around, and I tried to convey this the best I could in my book, just how boxing was so transformative, um, that I discovered it wasn't about violence at all. Um, It was more about a metaphor for life and that when you get knocked down, you get back up. And I soon discovered that the ring and boxing just in general was a metaphor for life and that life can be a fight. But if you face that fight with integrity and honesty and pure strength, you will come through on the other side. So that's what I discovered through it. Um, I didn't expect to to compete, to be honest with you. I I just was reporting on this incredible place and and what it did for these children. Uh, But the more I was there, the more I wanted to delve into it myself. And the owner of the gym was always encouraging me to take an aerobic boxing class, um, which I never took him up on. But what got me into the gym that day to take that class was I was involved in a violent relationship with a boy who hit me in the face more than once. Needless to say, I was pretty upset about that. I was very ashamed, um, embarrassed that that happened to me. And all I wanted to do was to hit something hard over and over again. So I went to that gym. I hit that heavy bag for an hour and I felt better. And that's when I realized there's something to this. There's something to this sport that it can make me feel better. And so I kept on going back. So you were compelled, if you will, mm-hmm. to channel that energy that you were feeling, that that feeling of being victimized mm-hmm. by physically being abused. And I'm sure that there was some emotional abuse that went along with that. Mm-hmm. And you compelled yourself to put that somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you went to the gym and you hit the heavy bag mm-hmm. and you felt that 
wow, that felt a whole lot better. Yes. Let me try it again. Yes. So what what was it that kept you coming back to continue to to uh, discover and and allow the opportunity of boxing to empower you? I had been dealing with um, quite a bit of challenges, like like most human beings. You know, I grew up with a pretty rough past. Um, I grew up around violence. My, uh, I witnessed domestic violence growing up. Um, these were uh, what I call the heartbreak pieces, and I talk about this in in my book. and And, and I must say too that my book is very very raw. It's very vulnerable. I reveal all my vulnerabilities, um, which I didn't want to do. I didn't want people to know these things about me. I didn't want them to know about my past and my dark side, my heartbreak pieces. Um, but in doing that, I realized I was denying a huge part of myself. And the heartbreak pieces were the pieces I realized later that were what make me special. Those heartbreak pieces are what make every human being special. The things that we overcome, the hard things, the things that we do not think we are going to survive those are the most beautiful parts of ourselves. And I was denying that part of myself. Um, I didn't want people to know the truth about me. So for some reason, going into that gym and hitting that bag, um, because hitting that bag for an hour made me feel better. It provided a respite from what I call the demons in my head, the dark side of myself. For that hour, I, I didn't feel those things because quite frankly, the workout was so difficult that I didn't have room in my head for anything else. Um, now, certainly when the workout was over, all those feelings and thoughts came flooding back. And so that's why I kept on going back to the gym because I wanted that respite from the demons in my head. But in doing so, I realized the longer I did that, the more I had to face those demons in my head. And I had to embrace those dark sides of myself. I had to learn to love myself. Um, at the risk of sounding cliche. That's something that I discovered in this journey. And, and that was hard. It was peeling away the layers of myself, looking at all these things that I, that I squashed down that I didn't want to admit that were parts of myself. I didn't want them to be parts of myself, but I realized they were. And I had to embrace and I had to love those shadow sides because those heartbreak pieces are what made me special. And boxing did bring me to that point where I discovered that part of myself. Now, I want to I want to expand on that a little bit because as you were speaking, what I was thinking was, don't we all just have this public persona that we present to the world is as if we've got it all under control, that we manage everything perfectly, our houses are pristine, our careers are perfect, our children are perfect, our marriages are perfect. But inside, we're really just trying to figure it all out. But yet we spend so much energy trying to put up this facade that isn't real. And and it's, it is that facade that I feel keeps us separated from each other and also keeps us separated from uh, really becoming what we are born to be. And you step, you literally stepped into the ring and allowed that vulnerability to come through and step into the specialness mm -hmm. with all of its imperfections, all of its challenges to be present in the ring mm -hmm. 
as well as in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you're saying the transformation started. It, it did. And I, I love that um, you talk about the duality of, of being human. Um because I did have this persona, you know, being a reporter, um, I, I was very good at, a, at being a journalist. Um, so I had this persona as a reporter. Reporters have power. So I had this, you know, very strong persona in my community, you know. And But people that I interviewed and, and just my role as a reporter, which was a pretty high position, you know, when I would go home and I would be with myself and be with the demons in my head, people didn't see that side of me. They saw this this strong woman, this minority woman who, who made her way as a reporter in America. And, and, and that was fantastic. But what they didn't see were the times that I went home and the times that I battled my insecurities, um, which I still battle to this day, um, but it does get easier. So I wanted to, to try to figure out a way where I could just be more honest in the world. And I realized that vulnerability was the key because vulnerability is the one thing that all human beings have. It's the one thing we all share. But if I wasn't willing to share my vulnerability, I was not going to connect with anybody else. I needed to be vulnerable. I needed to share my shadow side. I needed to share what I overcame because I realized that's what was going to connect me the most to other people. And that is exactly what I also believe. That's actually one of the points of of this show is that I want to remove those barriers and have us as women connect on what makes us all the same, mm-hmm. which is our vulnerability. And we all have those demon sides. We all have those sides where we feel insecure mm-hmm. or we don't feel good enough mm-hmm. or we compare ourselves to others. Uh, but you're saying you let that all fall away when you trained mm-hmm. and you stepped into that ring. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it felt like to be in that ring, what, yourself, vulnerable with all of its pieces, both good and bad, having an opponent against you that is also having all of vulnerabilities and all of their pieces, good and bad, facing off with you. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like? Um, one of my coaches put it best, uh, Stan Ward. He said, boxing in the ring, it's like being naked in front of the world. Um, you are so vulnerable. You, every time we stepped in there, and I, and I must say that uh, my opponents, these, these female warriors, these incredible women I stepped into the ring with, you know, they were all part of my journey, and they all made me who I am today. So I must um, honor them, and I do honor them in this book. Um, but yes, every time we stepped in there, we knew the danger we knew the danger of getting knocked out. We also were very aware that some boxers die in the fight. So you're really putting it all on the line. And what I loved about competing and, and especially the, the part about getting in that ring was I was forced to be a hundred percent present. I was forced to be in that moment. I had no time, literally no time to think about anything else, but being in there and executing my punches and slipping her punches and not getting knocked out. I mean, it's a flurry and there's a million things going on in the mind when you're in that ring. Um, and it's the most powerful, incredible, most frightening feeling in the world. Um, there is nothing in my life that will ever compare to it. Uh, and I'll, <laughs> I was terrified every time I got in there. I was terrified, you know, in all the weeks and, and months in preparation for every fight. But that was part of the journey, too. 
was walking through that fear, knowing I was afraid, and then asking myself, well, what am I afraid of? And then telling myself, well, I've prepared well for this fight. I've trained well for this fight. It's just like life. You know, you train, you prepare, you take care of yourself. And then when stuff happens, you take it head on. And the only way to get through to the other side is to get through it. The only way out is through. So every time I stepped in that ring, as scared as I was, the elation always came afterwards. Just knowing that I stepped into that battle and I faced it head on and I came through on the other side. I think that that's a perfect a perfect analogy for what not only what we've what we've gone through in life mm-hmm. but 2020 was a constant knockout every every time you turned around there was a knockout somewhere some from someone from something and i have watched all of us collectively continue to get up stand up and face it again mm-hmm. and i will be the first one to tell you that I have been terrified every single time I have stood up. Mm-hmm. Every single mm-hmm. time. It has never stopped me from standing up, mm-hmm. though. Uh, and what I think is just so special is that every time you stand up, it's an opportunity for renewal. And that's what you're communicating to me as well, is that every time you went into the ring, it was... It was a new start. It was a fresh start. It was terrifying. You were petrified, Mm -hmm. but you were excited to be there because it was a brand new opportunity. Uh, Tell me about the elation afterwards. Oh, there's there's really nothing that compares to the feeling, and and I and I also must say too, the elation came after the wins. Um, I did not win every fight. But, you know, that's that's like life. And, uh, you know, Fighting Chance, my novel, um, I remember every fight like it was yesterday. You know, I retired from fighting in 2000. So um, it only took me 20 years <laughs> to write my book. Um, <laughs> it, the process was long and largely it was because I, I was um, reluctant to be so vulnerable. Um, I'm very honest in this book. But, uh, yeah, it's um, winning a championship. There's nothing like it in the world because boxers train incredibly hard. Um, I mean, I was in that gym six days a week, you know, doing my road work, which is running, you know, like at five in the morning, getting ready to be a reporter, go to the going to the newsroom to work and then afterwards going back to the gym for four hours. And this went on six days a week. Um, The diet, I was always dropping weights for fights, you know, so this incredible preparation. So winning a championship after all that preparation. And it's hard, you know, those workouts are hard. Dropping weight is hard. Um, sparring with men and getting beat up, you know, in practice fights, that's all hard. But then taking away a championship title and executing everything that I was taught, there's nothing like it in the world. I felt like the most powerful person in the world. But I also must say that that feeling, it was fleeting. It was fleeting. So for a moment, I got to enjoy it. But then I, in the back of my mind, I knew I just I had another fight to prepare for. And that's like life, too. So we take these these um, these wonderful things that we've we've accomplished and these battles we've overcome. And then we pat ourselves on the back. But then we got to get right back in the fight because life doesn't stop. So, yes, that elation was incredible. And I can recall that feeling. It was like it was yesterday. But I also know I got to prepare for the next fight. 
Well, that's that's actually a perfect segue into what's happened to you specifically in your grand plans for 2020, because mm. you released your book on Valentine's yes. Day of this yes. year, which was right before the world shut down and tilted on its axis. So you had all these grand plans. You had a book tour planned. Yes. You had interviews planned. You had your the next six months of your life planned out, and you were excited. You had you had been training and preparing for this for years, mm -hmm. and then it all came to a screeching mm -hmm. halt. What what did you do when you realized all of the plans and the preparation that you had created? We're not going to be possible. Mm -hmm. And that's a fantastic question because I've, I've really loved just witnessing how this has evolved. And, you know, that joke that, uh, you know, God always has another plan. You know, um, I had certain plans, but God had different plans for me. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that my faith is strong because when it happened, I knew it was something that was out of my control. And it was so huge. It was so... Um, significant what occurred that I knew God had a bigger plan. So um, because of those factors, I completely surrendered to the process of whatever was going to happen next. Yes, I, I had big plans. My book came out on Valentine's Day. I had purchased boxes and boxes of books that I had in my office because I was going to take them to all these book signings that I had planned. Um, everything was rolling. It was, you know, everything was set. I had stuff planned every month. I was going to go to Las Vegas and be inducted into the Women's International Boxing Hall of Fame. I mean, there were all these wonderful things and it all went away. It all went away. And certainly I was excited about those things. But when they all stopped at once, um, I just knew that there was a bigger plan and there was something bigger in store that I could not see, but that I had to completely surrender to the process of. And that is still evolving. Um, yes, I, I did not do any in-person appearances. Yes, all my book signings were canceled, but something interesting occurred. Um, I started getting on all these wonderful podcasts um, these, these incredible conversations with women like you that um, have really filled my heart and soul during this time of isolation. God had a bigger plan. I didn't know what it was, but it's been amazing. So I'm adjusting. Um, interestingly enough, all those boxes of books, they're gone because I've been on so many podcasts that I've been giving those books out as gifts to people that have interviewed me. I've had 31 press placements to date, even though COVID hit. And even though all those things were taken away, I was giving something, given something else. And that process is still going. So I'm open to whatever comes next. Um, I keep getting up. Um, every time I get knocked down, I keep getting up. And I'm staying in that fight because I'm excited to see what happens next, even though it's scary, even though it's the unknown and I have no idea what's going to happen. I know whatever, whatever has been planned for me and everybody in my circle is going to be great no matter what. So, so far... What has been the greatest joy that you've experienced through having to pivot? Uh, as I've said many, many, many times before, 2020 has been an opportunity of learning. Uh, 2020 has been a gift because we move so fast and we plan and we plan. And I, I think what you're referring to is that we plan, God laughs. Yes. And yeah. And uh, we were we were forced to to slow down and stop. Yes. And 
I have, I personally have experienced gifts along the way. What is the greatest joy and gift that you have received through being forced to pivot and do something else? Oh, are you talking like, um, like, like tangible or a spiritual or both? <laughs> anything, um, anything, uh, because it's it's all it it's all been gifts yeah. and but you just have to be open to see oh, them. Oh yes, well, um, I, I the greatest gift has been these um, incredible serendipities, these these things that are not coincidental. Um, you know, like a lot of people, I was forced to to pivot to to be innovative, um, to figure out things to do another way and you know, in discovering those things, you know, that's been very exciting, you know, figuring out different, you know, different platforms, different way to market, you know, those things have always been fun, but the serendipities, which are just too, um, too out there for me to, to, you know, scoff off as, you know, just a coincidence. But the best thing that happened since my book came out on Valentine's day was I signed a movie deal on April 6th with, um, a woman named Slavika Bogdanov of empowering entertainment, who is, um, my, my book is now in development for a feature film. That was the most exciting, incredible thing that occurred. And I know it was no coincidence. Um, it was no, no accident that Slavika and I found each other and that it happened so quickly because she wrote that screenplay in a matter of days. And, um, and it's out there. So right now we're, we're looking for a director. I mean, that was just something that um, was given to me. It was a gift from God. Um, because it's something that I always wanted. Um, so, so that, that was the best thing, but also just, um, another one of the incredible gifts that I didn't expect from people were just people who have read the book and complete strangers who have reached out to me and emailed me about their experiences. And it's especially women, because most people that know me before fighting chance came out, they didn't know that I was, um, a, a survivor of domestic violence. I don't call myself a victim of domestic violence anymore because I'm not, I'm a survivor. So telling that part of myself that it's incredible how many women and, and, and women I know as well, who I would have had no idea that they went through the same thing and sharing their stories or how they survived and opening their hearts to me. That's been the greatest gift are people that have shared those, those parts of themselves with me. Um, and just having these dialogues and these incredible pen pals that I've, I've established since the book came out, just these dialogues with these women and, and, um, yes. And then reaching the younger audience too. Um, my book is, you know, it's pretty much geared for adults, but some young adults have read it too. And the feedback I've received from these girls, these older teenage girls has been very powerful. It makes them um, realize that they can do anything and that anything is possible for them, especially now, especially in today's time, women can do anything and everything they want. So the, you, you have basically perfected the art of getting knocked mm -hmm. out and standing up, brushing yourself off and keep mm -hmm. going. Uh, you did that both figuratively and physically. What would you tell the audience when we all feel like we have been knocked down so many times? And there are times, myself included, that I'm thinking, is it really worth it to get back up? Can I do this? Somehow, some way, I always find the strength. Um, but there are times, there are those moments of doubt that I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay down for a little mm -hmm. while. What, what do you say? What do you say to those women that feel the same, that have feel, felt those feelings that are perfectly normal and natural, but you know, you can't stay there. What would you say? Oh, I would say 
you are here for a reason. You can do this. You know, the only way out is through. And you got this. And, and these are things I say to the kids all the time because I still am a coach at Kid Gloves. I'm still involved on that level where, you know, I coaching kids from ages four to 14. And I'm always telling them, you got this. You can do this. And when they're in that ring and they're tired and they don't think they got 30 seconds left, I tell them to keep going and to stay strong. And I know they can do this. You can do this. That is amazing advice. And what I want to say is that you are a incredible example of a woman in the arena. And it's not accidental that you and I met because I think that you were drawn to the idea that I'm that I'm trying to create is is highlighting all these women that every single day step into the arena of life, not necessarily in a boxing ring, but in the arena of life and continue to take swings at at yourself as well as give them and continue to persevere. And I appreciate you being here and being an example of that for everyone that it's absolutely possible. You absolutely need to continue to step into that ring and continue to get up. And thank you for being so vulnerable and putting yourself out there and showing the world that not only can you do it, but you should do it with all of your parts exposed. So thank you for being an example of that. Oh, thank you, Audra. And it's it's amazing to be aligned with you. And I love the work you're doing. And especially now people are, are starving for this um, positive content. So I appreciate you and everything you're doing. So th- before I ask you a bunch of questions at, at the end that I ask yeah. everybody, uh, where can we purchase the book? Uh, to read your amazing story. So Fighting Chance is available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble and Walmart. And uh, so we have the Kindle, the hardcover and the softcover available. And the audio version is coming out next year. And when do you think we can see your movie? That is slated. We're looking at 2021. So um, people can stay tuned for that. They can certainly find me online at aliciadoyle.com. Um, all my information is there where there will be updates about the film. But yeah, we're shooting tw- for 2021. That'll be amazing. I-, I will love to see that movie. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So my first question is, as we have a fresh start here in 2021, how do you think we can take our place here in the present and the future? I believe we have to continue to stay strong and we have to continue to trust that that all is well. Um, and I'm speaking from, you know, my faith-based, my faith-based standpoint, um, just to have complete trust that when you think things are going wrong, they're actually going right. And, and that's something my father used to always tell me. So that's something I'm keeping in mind. When we think things are going wrong, they're actually going right. We have to be patient. We have to be patient with ourselves, most of all. And this is a really great opportunity for people to take a deep look inside of themselves and reassess what's working and reassess what's not. It's an incredible time for reinvention. We can really do anything and everything we want to right now. But it is a time for reassessment and reevaluation. And I believe that's a big reason why this is happening. 
Like I said, 2021 is a great new opportunity for fresh start. Mm -hmm. I would take advantage of it. My next question is, what is it that you want to give away in 2021? I want to continue just giving away my heart and my soul and whatever wisdom I, I have in the short time that I've been here. I'm at a place now where I love sharing the insight that I've gained. Um, the insight I've gained has come from a lot of a lot of pain that I have worked through. And I would love to share that with anybody who would love to listen. That that is an amazing gift. It's an incredibly personal gift and and thank you for freely giving it. Um, my last question is what book have you read? that has impacted your life so much that you think everybody else should read it? Wow. I mean, you're a journalist, so you've probably read a lot of them. Yes. I'm just trying to think of, (laughs) there's one book that, that really touches my heart and it's, it's based on um, a couple that I interviewed years ago, but it's called uh, one blink at a time. And, and that sounds very interesting. What is so this, this, this story? This couple um, are very, they're very close to my heart. Um, Ishmael and Cheryl Tesperati. And Ishmael was a film director in his fifties, you know, a very, very successful director, producer. And he came down with ALS, Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease when he was in his fifties. And for people that don't know what that is, uh, he basically lost um, all motor capability in every part of his body, except for his brain worked fine. The only thing he could do was blink his eye. And uh, his wife created an alphabet chart so he could continue writing. And he literally wrote this book, blinking his right eye uh, with an alphabet chart, one blink at a time, one word at a time, one sentence at a time. Um, this this book and, and this story is is so incredible. Of, of this couple. It's a story of love and overcoming and Ishmael's determination to continue writing. And he's the gentleman, he's still alive today. They told him he was going to die years ago and he's still plugging away. He's written a couple books that way. So th- that book inspires me just because of, it's a, another story of overcoming of not just him overcoming ALS and figuring out how to, how to live in this, in this prison, but uh, a story of love as well, of the fact that his wife stood by his side and, and is helping him write his books for him. That, that book is just amazing. One blink at a time. What an amazing example of taking, uh, taking control of opportunities that have been presented mm-hmm. to you. Um, I have a sign in my office that says, uh, opportunity lies in the middle of a dilemma. Yeah. And I try and live that every single day. Uh, Alicia, before we go, can you please give the audience one last sentiment, one last thought that we can take away and carry with us? Yes. I'm going to share with you something we do with the children at um, the end of every class um, at Kid Gloves Boxing. We pass around a bottle and it's literally just a little scrappy water bottle and it's called the bottle of confidence. And we've been doing this at the gym for over two decades. So each child holds the bottle and they say, this is the bottle of confidence. It means never, never quit. Never give up. Anything is possible. 
while you do that every, every time day? we have a class at the end of the class, whether there's three children or 20 children, we, we take that bottle and we make them hold that bottle and we make them stand up and profess those words. And it's the most powerful thing that I've ex- ever experienced. Tears come to my eyes when they do this. Every child holds up the bottle. This is the bottle of confidence. It means never, never quit. Wow. That's amazing. That, that gives mm-hmm. me chills. We we should all do that every single day. So it will give us strength and courage and, you know, to uh, vulnerability, if you will, because you stand there in front of everybody to step into the ring every single day. Uh, Alicia, once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for welcoming us into 2021 and our fresh start and showing us how to take advantage of opportunities and never giving up and continuing to stand up in that ring, even when you get knocked down. Thank you so much for sharing that part of you and for being here with us today. Oh, thank you, Audrey. This was so much fun. And and it was just um, the highlight of my day. So thank you very much. Well, I thank you. And I thank the audience for listening. Have an amazing day and an incredible 2021. And we'll see you again next time. And that's a wrap. Thank you all so much for being here. I can never give you enough gratitude because without all of you, none of this is possible. I am still always in awe that my guests are volunteering to be so bold in their vulnerability. So thank you for continuing to do that. And to my audience, audience isn't the right word to describe you. So to you, I thank you. You are a community. So thank you for being a part of this community. And thank you for helping to nurture it and make it grow. And of course, you know, I have this incredible team behind me that helps me produce this every single week. Savannah, Alan, Jessica, Tina, Tisha, and my son, Gavin, Thank you so much for believing in me, believing in my mission, and continuing to help grow the Women in the Arena podcast. Thank you all so much for being here, and we'll see you next week. so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. You can reach me at audra at womeninthearena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me, and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time.